Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We're going to review the Thursday and Friday games to kick off our uh, Rugby League Guru reviews for the week, and then we'll have Super Saturday, and then we'll have the Sunday games coming a little bit later today. So three reviews coming out today, and then Bloke in a Bar, that'll be dropping at 3pm on the Bloke in a Bar podcast, and then all that content will be broken up for you guys uh, on Tuesday into every single game and every single topic that we touch on. So a heap of content coming your way on the Rugby League Guru Podcast. But let's get into the Thursday and Friday games. We're going to kick off with the Panthers and the Bunnies. Then we're going to talk about the Sharkies' upset victory over the Parramatta Eels and uh, the Broncos' upset victory over the Cowboys as well. So plenty to touch on there. But let's kick off Thursday night, the Penny Panthers versus the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, I spent Thursday driving to the great Wagga Wagga, arrived there about an hour before kickoff, got myself a little feed bucket strapped in for a cracking game here. Penny Panthers at home against the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Bunny's obviously missing a fair amount of troops coming into this one. Junior Totola did not feature here. Jai Arrow did not feature. Had a couple of injuries and whatnot. I think it was uh, pretty evident uh, that young Davian Mawali, uh, he probably wasn't up for this game. I think that if they would have had everyone else, they probably wouldn't have played him. Uh, but they're obviously very desperate for for people in particular, but obviously, more importantly, desperate for middles. So he was forced to play. I think he was very underdone. I thought Shaq Mitchell had a cracking game. He was all over the place. I really, really enjoyed watching him. He's obviously had a lot of question marks over his game uh, in the first few years of his career, first year or two, but I thought he was great. His brother Latrell was good too. Um, who else was good? I thought Campbell Graham obviously didn't reach the heights that he did the week before. I thought he was good. I thought the other centre was fantastic though, Isaiah Tass. Uh, ran for almost 170 metres. He was really strong. Had a line break in there. He was very good. From memory, defended all right too. Yeah, 12 tackles, zero missed tackles. That was good. Campbell Graham missed six to be fair. Uh, so I thought Isaiah Tass, he had a really good game. He was very strong. I thought that was one of the better games I've seen from him. Uh, Cody Walker and, and, and Lockie Elias, nothing... 
huge out of either of them. Uh, Cody Walker ha- ha- had an upper, a couple of nice touches, got a try assist and a line break assist. Ilias, a little bit quiet in last week, but I think this is more so who Lockie Ilias is realistically. I don't think he'll have many of those huge ceiling games. Cody Walker had a really poor mistake at one point where he tried to, I think I think it was Mitch Kenny at mark, where he tried to sort of palm him and have a bit of a bit of a stink with him, sort of missed him and dropped the ball off the back of it. Uh, you're going to get that sort of stuff from Cody occasionally. He plays with a lot of passion, uh, but I think that one was a bit of an embarrassing one for him, really. Realistically, uh, Isaac Thompson, the winger, um, yeah, got through work as he always does, but a lot of errors. I think he made four or five errors throughout the game, so you know, a bit hit and miss there. Damien Cook was good, solid as always, sixty odd tackles, absolute workhorse. I thought Keon Collamantungi was good as well. He just gets, he's, he's like Olakawatu. He, you know, you look at them and you go, oh, big, strong. You know, they can palm you off, they can bump you off, but they get through work as well. So I thought Keon was good. Cheekham's holding his own. Cam Murray probably a little bit quiet by his standards, to be honest with you, but you go and have look at the stats 130 meters um you know a couple of tackle breaks one offload 40 tackles so that's just the sort of guy cam murray is i thought the use of blake taff was very interesting they were chasing points the entire second half he only got on for seven minutes i just wonder if maybe they could have used that interchange better elsewhere and if you're only going to use blake taff you know, when you were chasing points the whole game, you only use Blake Taff for seven minutes. I just wonder, not only because you have used him better, but would have been better just having someone else completely on the bench there, maybe an extra forward or whatever it might be, considering uh, that Davey Moali was carrying an injury into this game by the looks of it. So uh, obviously not in the change rooms there. Don't know the ins and outs of the team that JD was selecting, but I did think that was interesting. Uh, Shaq Mitchell. We spoke about him before. 15 runs for 155 metres. Very, very impressive. He made 33 tackles. He missed four, to be fair, but he made 33. You're still going at about a 90% tackle efficiency there. The thing that impressed me the most was 51 minutes. He got through a lot of work, Shaq Mitchell. So credit to him. A lot of people want to give him shit, sort of saying that he's only there because of Latrell or whatever it might be. Uh, he was by far and away the best front row forward for South Sydney on the field against the defending premiers the other night. So uh, credit to him. Fantastic to see. I I thought he was really, really strong, and I just think he's improving week in, week out. Uh, a loss for South Sydney. They weren't impressive. Uh, they didn't play well, uh, but they lost by six points, and they were, you know, a bee stick away from equaling it up at the back end. And look, I understand that there was a, lot, a number of people that sent me messages going, did we watch the same game? They were shit. I know they were shit. I know they played poorly. It wasn't impressive, but it's a good sign of a team that plays fucking terribly, missing all their middles, and they're still in the game on the bell. They're in the game. They hang in there. And this is what this is what will take South Sydney so far. This is what has taken South Sydney so far for the last few years. They're a tenacious team, and they hang in the contest. And just being one of those three sides, they've got they've got all the skill in the world. But the, to have that underbelly as well, that when they're down and out, they're playing shit. They're without players. There's nothing doing there against a the top shelf opposition. Their defense just hangs in there. Were the Panthers perfect? No, they weren't. I thought the Panthers left a couple of tries out there as well. But South Sydney do this. They've been doing this for years. I understand the, this game on the weekend was not impressive for South. But I just think it says a lot about this footy side that they hung in the contest. Read into that what you will. I just don't think it's as black as white as they lost. They were shit. There is context around it. Uh, and South Sydney were very poor, but they just hang in there with their defense, which I think says a lot about this side. So if I was a South Sydney fan, I wouldn't be getting too upset, to be honest with you. Other side of the park, the Penny Panthers. Lost the World Club Challenge. Lost to Brisbane round one. Little bit of pressure on them coming into this game. It's not very... I mean, I I'm, I think I saw a stat the other day that Nathan Cleary in the last 
three years, four years, he hasn't lost two games in a row or something, which is just unbelievable, crazy. Or maybe it was two games in a row at home, something like that. Insane. Uh, but look, I thought they were better. Isaiah Yo, he went about his work as per usual. Liam Martin was really good. He had a couple of errors, to be fair. You can't like you can't just talk about all the positives and not talk about the other stuff. Four or five errors. A few of them are in try-scoring situations, right not. Uh, a shit offload at the start. But I thought outside of that, uh, he really got in, into his work. I thought Luke Garner... I think it's fair to say that his fitness might not be the level that they're hoping for at the moment, but I thought in this game he was really good. Uh, 10 runs for, you know, 100-odd metres. He had a line break. He had a line break assist. I mean, to be fair, the line break assist, he pretty much dropped it out the back. Uh, Jerome Loy picked it up and put in that kick, so that was that. So, I mean, there's a bit of dodgy statting there realistically, but I just thought as a whole he was better. And what I loved the most was his defence improved this week. 30 tackles, two missed, only one um, ineffective tackle. So... Plenty of positives to take from Luke Garner in this game, especially when you considered where he came from in the game before. So I was really worried about him heading into this game. I still am worried, but I'm less worried than what I was the other day. I thought he was pretty good in this game. Fish and Leota went about their work. Um, Sonny Luke came on and off. Uh, There was obviously a HIA that sort of fucked around with things a little bit, but I think that they definitely look better with Sonny Luke on the field. But I still think it is really evident that him and Nathan Cleary and Jerome Lewis are still trying to work out their combos. That will take time. Um, but I do think that eventually we will see Sonny Luke playing 55, 60 minutes. And I think that when the Panthers are humming and they're used to Sonny Luke and he's used to the boys there as well, I think it is going to be a very, very dangerous combo in 2023. I thought Jerome Lewis was the better of the halves probably. Uh, he had a handy little game. Nathan wasn't bad, but he wasn't fantastic. He obviously had the ankle injury at halfway. He did come back, though, so you got to hold him to the same standard. Uh, Brian Toto did some good things. Stephen Crichton, I thought he had a really good game. He was really solid, 137 metres. Uh, line break, scored a try. Had a line break assist, had a try assist as well, two tackle breaks, um, and defended really well from memory. Yeah, 19 tackles, zero miss. So I thought Critter had a really, really good game. Obviously had a pretty shocking game uh, the week before. Was far from impressive, so good to see him bounce back. And Dylan Edwards just went about his work as he always done, 150 run metres. I thought it was interesting. Their back five, uh, 150 run metres, 198, 144, 137, 168. I think I saw Taruva after, after the game. Joey sort of said to him, mate, you... You, you topped the um, the meters run. He said, yeah, you know, it was a big thing for us, a big effort area for us this week that we really wanted to get back to doing that stuff um, that took us all the way to the grand final. So great to see the only member of the back line that wasn't in the grand final who, uh, who led that. So good signs for the Panthers. I don't think they were impressive. I don't think they're back. I don't think they've turned it all around just yet. But I think they're definitely heading in the right direction, the Penny Panthers there. They go into a bye this week. I believe they're heading down to Kayama. I think it could be a little scary sight to see the Panthers that walk out of Kayama in two weeks' time and take on the Parramatta Eels on Thursday night in round four. Speaking of the Parramatta Eels, they took on the Cronulla Sharks. Friday, 6 p.m. We were doing the live show throughout this one, but I remember during the live show, every single time I looked up, there was a try being scored, and I just thought, fuck, I love the live show. It was unreal. I had the greatest time, but I thought, I'm missing out on a sensational game of football here. It looks so entertaining. I went back and watched it earlier today, and wow, what a game it was. Uh, was it the perfect game? No, but fuck, it was entertaining. Some really good tries scored. Two good teams throwing the ball around, both playing good footy. I thought it was unreal. Um, my boy, Jermaine Hopgood, he was 
off the charts. I All I did was watch the game. I haven't actually gone and had a look at his stats, so I'll be reading these live to you guys. I obviously know he had a big super coach score. Uh, he ran for 145 metres, 60 post contact, one line break, one line break assist, two try assists, one tackle break. How many tackles did he get through? 55-odd, 47. Wow. He's an absolute fucking maniac, this guy. Uh, love everything about him. And how many offloads did he have? Four. Good God. Wow. Uh, yeah, Jermaine Hopkins is an absolute freak. I'll tell you the moment that stood out for me in this game. And, uh, you know, he had the tries. He did all that. It was fantastic. But in the last five minutes, now he played 71 minutes in this game. He played 84 the week before. Uh, his body would already be banged up. It would already be bruised. He'd already be playing hurt, Jermaine Hopgood, just with the uh, amount of output he's got through so, so far in this season. But when you have a look at... Towards the back end of that game, last five minutes, Parramatta, they're chasing points. They're trying to get back into this game. Clint Gutherson makes a half break, and he's sort of tracking back into midfield, and he's looking for someone to pick up, and someone comes charging, absolutely charging through the middle, 100 miles an hour, and if it, the ball would have gone to him, and of course was Jermaine Hopgood, he would have scored under the sticks and won this game for Parramatta. Go back and watch it. Uh, credit to the Cronulla Sharks defenders. I'm not sure who it was exactly, but they got in the way of the pass, and Gutho wasn't able to get it to him. Uh, end of that said, I think they got a drop out in Cronulla got the ball back, but it was a play that Jermaine Holcourt, it was all effort. He was just sprinting through the middle of the field, just knowing the ball would find its way back there eventually and he would be there. And if Cronulla didn't defend it as well as they did, would have scored. But what, what I loved most was just after that, uh, Parramatta turned the ball over uh, and the winger, he makes a break up the sideline right wing. So it would have been Katoa, I believe. Uh, and Jermaine Hopgood comes across and makes the tackle and tackles him out, right? Which was a huge play, massive play in that moment. If Katoa gets away, it's game over. And what it did is because he put him over the sideline, it gave the Parramatta Eels a scrum. They they, they elected to have the scrum in the center of the field. Uh, and Jermaine Hopgood was the first one to get to the scrum. And it was in the center of the fucking field. So he sprinted to the sideline, made the tackle, took the guy out, then got up and sprinted straight to the middle just for an opportunity to try and win this game. Did he need to be there? No, he didn't. He could have let anyone else on the fucking team pack the scrum and stop the clock. But instead, Jermaine Hopgood sprints to the middle, and that just shows you everything about this guy. And that's, this is why I've been so high on him. He's got all the talent in the world, all the ability, but he's also just tough as nails, and he's got a winner's mindset, which is what I absolutely love about Hopgood and why I was so confident that he was going to be a star. And... He is heaps better than what I thought he was going to be. I wrapped him till the cows come home. You all know how excited I was about him. And I'm telling you right now, I underestimated him. I underwrapped him. So very, very impressive from Jermaine Hopgood. A great performance. I thought Bryce Carwright had some good touches. Had a couple of rogue things he did, but you're going to get that from Bryce as a whole. Thought he was really good. Um, once again, the interchange. Greg didn't get on the field. Makatoa played nine minutes. Uh, I just don't understand what is going on here. You had Jacob Arthur as 18th man. I mean, just put him on the fucking... Just put him on the side. If you're not going to use all your guys, just chuck him on there. It just seems ridiculous to me. I don't understand what is going on. The bench. Mama Sia played 23 minutes. Jack Murchie played 35 minutes. Makatoa played 13 minutes. And Greg played zero. I mean, why they... I just... I, I don't know if they're trying to get legs in the body for the back end of the season. There must be a reason why he's doing this. But I personally think their interchange has now cost them two games. Just use the guys you've got. Back them in. You're leaving tired bodies out there constantly, and it cost you the week before. You made Jermaine Hopgood play 84 minutes, and he got to extra time, and he was too tired to get to first marker. Josh Hodgson, I believe, was the A defender. had also played the full 84 minutes. He was exhausted. 
I just, uh, just, I don't know. And and look, uh, as I've said, I like Brad Arthur as a coach. I do, but I just, I can't make sense of what he's doing at the moment with his interchange. I just, I can't work it out. I thought Dill Brown was fucking sensational. He was everywhere. Mitch Moses was cracking too, to be fair. Scored two tries. He was really good. But I thought Dill Brown, he was very impressive. Ran for 195 metres, three line break assists, two try assists. He was sensational, Dill. Two, two tackle breaks. 23 miss, uh, sorry, 23 tackles, one missed tackle, of course. Shock me, it's still Brown. Um, yeah, I thought he was very, very impressive. Uh, look, Parramatta, once again, did enough to win, didn't get it done. That's now two games in a row. I do worry about Parramatta. The next three weeks, they go Parramatta, Roosters, Penrith, I think, or, or something like that. No, no, they go Manly, Penrith, Roosters. That's the order they go. And all three of those teams are coming off a bye on a Thursday night. So it's a brutal three-week stretch of Parramatta. I I hope I'm wrong. I sincerely hope I'm wrong. But there is a world uh, where they get to week five and they're 0-5 and, and we're sitting around here going, ooh, when's Sean Lane coming back? Maddo's back now, thank God. But I am a little bit worried about Parramatta. In saying that, I think they're playing well enough to win. I actually thought they were the better team last week over Melbourne. They just didn't get the two points. You can make an argument here that that they were the better side. I'd probably lean towards Cronulla. Uh, But yeah, Parramatta, things could get very, very interesting for them very, very quickly if they don't turn this around. The Cronulla Sharks. Geez, they're exciting to watch. Without Nico Hines, uh, I thought Will Kennedy... Uh, little David Peachy 2.0. He was unreal. Mulatalo, he scored a meaty. Britton Akora, geez, he runs a good line. He runs one of the best lines in rugby league. Um, Britton Akora, he was fantastic. 15 runs, 135 metres. Always gets through a fair bit of work. Yeah, 40 tackles, zero missed tackles. Teague Wilton, 39 tackles, three missed. Uh, just went about his work as per usual. Teague, 130-odd metres off 11 runs was good once again. Uh, I think you can see that he will hold on to that spot. I don't think uh, that Wade Graham's going to take that spot off him again. I think it's his now. Uh, once again, you had the back five, a heap of metres. Sione Katoa, he ran the least amount of metres, and he got 101 off 10, so that was unreal. Will Kennedy, 183. Jesse Ramey, 153. Sivitalakai, 149. Mulatalo 172. It is not very often that you will see both your centers combine for 300 run meters. Uh, so pretty impressive stuff when you consider as well that neither of them had a line break. So neither of them are adding massive meters there. They're just hit ups. Uh, pretty damn impressive. Have a look at that back five as well. The tackle breaks four, five, four, four, three. Very, very damaging, very, very dangerous, very impressive. I thought Braden Trindle did some really nice things as well. Two try assists, two line break assists. I thought he was nice, really warming to that task there. And I personally, my mail is uh, that you are going, you're not going to see Nico Hines for a few more weeks. And I understand why. If they would have lost this game, maybe then you go, okay, Two points gone begging, but they won this game. Uh, I personally don't think you'll see them until after their bye. So it'll be interesting how that goes. And if you remember my original tweet when I broke this story, uh, I did say it could be up to two months. So once you get past week six, that's week seven. Two months is eight weeks. I reckon this one is getting a little bit ugly with uh, Nico Hines. It's not his fault. It's injury, but it is very, very disappointing. So a little situation to watch there. I thought Cam McInnes, uh, I thought he was good when he came on. His leg speed sensational. He's just, he's had a few errors in him the last few weeks. I think he had two errors last week. It felt like he had some in this game. He had two errors as well. Just needs to get that sorted. Uh, but, uh, you know, a champion player is unreal. Uh, so, yeah, look, good win by the Shark. He's got the job done. It was a bit of a um, bit of a game of tennis. Just sort of went try for try. But, I mean, they did go to Shark. They, they, they did go to Combank and they were down, I think, 12-0 very early. Maybe 10-0 very early. Uh, yeah, 10-0 after about five or six minutes at Combank. 
pretty hard to come back from that. They managed to. Uh, from that point on, it was you know twenty. Uh, sorry, thirty to sixteen. So a pretty good knock. Normally, when Parramatta starts well at Combank, they're very very hard to run down. Um, so yeah, credit to them. All right, let's get stuck into the last game. We had the Queensland Derby on Friday night at 8 p.m. We had the Brisbane Broncos taking on the North Queensland Cowboys. I'm pretty confident I would have tipped the Cowboys for this one. And uh, I've got to tell you, I was confident early. I thought the Cowboys had all the ball to start the game. They were just dominating it through the middle. Tal Malolo, Cotter, all the boys looked amazing to start. And I thought, oh, this could get very ugly for Brisbane. Nanai, he crashed over in about the fifth minute or something. And I sort of thought, oh, fuck, here we go. Brisbane's in for a tough night here. And they just managed to fight their way back into it. I was so impressed with Brisbane. And, you know, I mentioned it with the Parramatta game that the Sharkies did really well to get themselves back into that game. I don't think many many teams would have been able to compete with the Cowboys when you consider how well they started this game. So, Credit to the Brisbane Broncos. I thought they did incredibly well. Um, yeah, look, for the Cowboys, obviously, uh, Scotty Drinkwater didn't have the greatest night. Uh, a sim binning and whatnot. We all know his um, his super coach score. I think he ended up 1-1. Uh, so a very tough night for him, obviously. Nanai scored a double. Um, look, I thought for the Cowboys that... Uh, they got close on a couple of occasions, but I just think Brisbane are a good footy side. I really do. Uh, I just... Uh, I don't know what more to say about the Cowboys. I don't like they they weren't at their best, don't get me wrong, but they weren't dreadful. I mean, you have a look at the back five, 105 metres, 144, 149, 132, 125. Like they rolled their sleeves up. They had a red hot crack. Um, defensively, they did miss a lot more tackles than what we're used to, and there were certain guys that missed a number of tackles. Ruben Cotter obviously mixed six, which quite often with Cotter, they aren't like bad missed tackles, uh, but still missed six. The halves came up with nine between them. Peter Hiku had four. Um, unfortunately, Jeremiah Nano, we have to talk about it. He had eight missed tackles and two ineffective tackles in this game. So I just hope that's not creeping back into his game. It is only a one-off, obviously. Uh, but, you know, those are the sort of numbers we were seeing a little bit of last year, a tackle efficiency of 72% there. So, look, a couple of red flags for the North Queensland Cowboys, but I'm also, I'm just, I'm hesitant to go too heavy because I think that Brisbane, once again, they look like uh, the side that they look like for the vast majority of last season, which I thought was going to be a top four side. They were fucking incredible. So I just, I don't know how heavy to go on the Cowboys here. I want to see more from them before I make too many Big judgment calls. Um, but, yeah, I thought probably their best on ground was Jason Tamalolo. Um, 200 run metres from 15 runs. Uh, that's, you know, no line breaks or anything. So that's just, you know, hard-fought metres. He had seven tackle breaks. Very, very impressive. And um, 22 tackles. But, yeah, I thought he was really good. He was strong. Outside of that, no one was really sensational. I thought they all just sort of got about their work and did their job. But I thought the Tamalolo, uh, he was the best one on the park. And I just, I really do just think they come up against a top quality side and there's, it just sort of is what it is. Uh, speaking of that top quality side, the Brisbane Broncos, wow. Um, a few guys I just want to touch on that really impressed me. Reese Walsh. Uh, I know there's a lot of Warriors fans out there that want to sell me the narrative that Reese Walsh is shit. Um, I, I actually, I found it bizarre. I remember as I was driving home from uh, Armadale last week, I was having a look. Uh, I pulled up at a servo and I was having a look through some messages and um, Brisbane had won the night before. They'd beaten the Penrith Panthers and I swear to God, I'm, I'm not being hyperbolic here. I had about six or seven messages from people saying that if Reese Walsh won that game, the Broncos would have lost. And I just sat there and went, 
Have I been watching a different bloke his entire career? I think Reese Walsh is so fucking talented, it's not even funny. Has he handled everything perfectly? No, he hasn't. He's a young guy that's made mistakes. I get it. But if you want to act like he can't play, you're fucking kidding yourself. You're off your head. He's a tremendous footballer. He has got so much to offer Reese Walsh, and I think this is a fantastic signing by the Broncos. And if you if you wanted to run with the argument that he's shit or overrated or whatever, my God, you got your pants pulled down the other night. Fuck, he made you look stupid. One try assist, three line break assists. I think he had a try assist taken off him as well. I thought he was everywhere, Reese Walsh. Scored a try himself. I just thought he was tremendous. There was... um. There was a couple of plays there where he made he made a try-saving tackle on Tom Dean and then the dummy half when he made a try-saving tackle on him as well. I just thought Reese Walsh was everywhere. I was so impressed with him. I thought he was fantastic. He scored a try of Herbie Farmworth, who was an absolute monster in this game. And, you know, a few weeks ago, Tim made the call. He's like, you know what? Herbie reminds me a little bit of Joey Marno a couple of years ago. And I sort of went, oh, fuck, that's a bit over the top, Tim. Ever since he said it, I can see it. He played center on the weekend and ran for 244 meters. He made one line break, one try assist. He was everywhere. He was incredible, Herbie Farmworth. Four tackle breaks. He was just, I was so impressed with his performance. And, you know, I've been saying it for a year or so. Like, if you set on potential, who's the best center at the Broncos? For the last 18 months, you would have to say Tony Staggs. But fuck me. Tell me it's not Herbie Farmworth. I, I'm like I think Staggs has got so much potential. It's not even funny. But if you tell me that Herbie isn't the best center at the club, I'm sorry, but you're kidding yourself. He is incredible at the moment. I think the Dolphins have genuinely landed themselves a superstar there. I think that'll be one, one of the, when we look back on the Dolphins in a couple of years. Obviously, he's not a foundation guy, but I think he'll be a tremendous signing for them. I thought Ezra Mann was really good. Obviously, scored two meaty support plays. Unreal. That kick that Corey Oates put back in the middle for him that he that he managed to clean up. That was sensational. Um, but the thing that I love with Ezra Mann, 18 tackles, one missed. Love to see it. Adam Reynolds, 15 tackles, one miss. Two of the smaller halves running around in this competition. I thought they were both sensational in defense. Uh, Adam Reynolds. I um I'm gonna try not to be hyperbolic here, and I was talking to my mates about this the other night, and we all sort of agreed that yeah, he has to be in that conversation. I genuinely think Adam Reynolds is one of the best kickers of a football we have ever seen. His general play kicking is off its head, especially his short kicking game is unbelievable. Not just like his short grubbers, it's his little chips that he puts across field, it's his cross field kicks. He just never gets it wrong, Adam Reynolds. I really do think, and it's something I'll talk about on Bloke in a Bar tomorrow, I genuinely do think that as far as like short kicking game and just his kicking game in the general, he hits 40-20s constantly. Uh, he do, he probably doesn't have like that Matty Burton bomb to his game, but I mean, everything else he is the best at in, in the game right now, and I think that he needs to be put alongside, you know, you obviously had like Joey, his kicking game was unbelievable. I, I don't think Adam Reynolds is that far off. I think there's an argument that Adam Reynolds has a better kicking game than Joey. He's an absolute fucking freak. Uh, I look at, you know, when the Dragons won the comp in 2010, Jamie Soward, at that point I was sitting there going, we're never going to see a, a better boot than this guy. I, I think Adam Reynolds is better. I think he's fucking incredible. Um, you know, other guys like Brent Sherwin and Ricky Stewart, some of the best kickers we've ever seen. I think Adam Reynolds, if he's not the best kicker ever, I think he 100% has to be in the conversation because what he's doing at the moment, the, the way that he controls games with his foot, 
is unbelievable. It is just insane. Um, so, yeah, credit to Adam Reynolds. I thought he was tremendous in this game. Uh, it was one I was really looking forward to watching Adam Reynolds and Chad Townsend, the two sort of halfbacks. They're very similar to each other. Adam's obviously got a little bit more to his game than Chad, and I thought it was a knockout victory uh, to Adam Reynolds. I thought he was sensational in this game. I don't think Chad was bad, but Adam was just on another level. He's a freak. In the forward pack... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Usual suspects. Payne Haas went nuts. Paddy Carrigan went absolutely berserk. Both guys ran for over 150 metres. Both guys made 34 tackles for Paddy Carrigan. One miss. Payne Haas, 30 tackles. One missed tackle. Uh, big minutes for both of them. Jeez, Payne Haas ran for 180 metres in 62 minutes. 84 post-contact. That is unbelievable. 84 post-contact metres. Paddy Carrigan, uh, how many minutes did he play? 60 minutes for 160 metres. 69 post-contact. Absolute freak. What's that? Four tackle breaks. Wow. 34 tackles. Yeah, very, very impressive. Uh, Yeah, look, the Brisbane Broncos, at the moment, they are looking like a genuine top-four side, the way that they're playing. Defensively, they're fantastic. Uh, Penrith had very little answers to them last week. Cowboys had even less, despite starting incredibly well in this game. Uh, Brisbane all round, they're just looking fantastic. And I just think that the way that Adam Reynolds, Ezra Mam, and Reese Walsh gelled together in week one um, of those three playing together, imagine what it's going to be like in week 20 when we're starting to look towards finals footy and whatnot. Scary prospect. Very keen to hear what uh, Kempe's thoughts are on the Brisbane Broncos tomorrow. Normally gives a pretty uh, objective view of it and sometimes a little bit over critical because he is their team. So I'm keen to see. It's, good. it's always good to hear the things that Kempi, that disappoints Kempi or the things that he notices that, that he doesn't like from a Broncos perspective. So I'm keen, keep, very keen to hear those. But yeah, Brisbane, 28 to 16, a fantastic win. A number of guys absolutely starring in this one. And I still don't think this is the absolute best out of the Brisbane Broncos either. I still think they've got a few more gears to go to. Cowboys, I, th- I think they're the same. A few more gears to go. I think they've still got their pants pulled down in this game just by a quality opposition. I sort of, I don't know whether to take more out of this about the Broncos or the Cowboys, to be honest with you. We'll uh, we'll see how it plays out over the next few weeks, but not panic stations for the Cowboys by any means. I think that these two teams could play each other 10 times and it could go uh, a different result every second time. I just think it was a really close game to top quality sides going head to head. Uh, Cowboys still got a few more troops to come back in the back row. Highland Lukey, Leilua's, these sort of guys. Drinky obviously just had an absolute shocker. We don't normally see that from him. Um, so, yeah, I think he's in for a three or four-week suspension. So they moved Peter Hicku to fullback during that game. I don't think they'll be doing that again. Personally, I'd be going Val Holmes every day of the week. So hopefully he gets a gig. And, of course, Corey Oates got injured in this game, broken jaw uh, off uh, that play with uh, Scotty Drinkwater. So we wish Corey all the very best. Someone's going to have to come in and replace him. I think it will be Jesse Arthurs. I think he'll come in. He'll do a good job. Jordan Pierre is another option, but I think they'll go Jesse Arthurs, and I think he'll serve them very well. So, yeah, great result for the Brisbane Broncos. Disappointing for the Cowboys, but not panic stations. It's all okay there. Uh, But, yeah, Brisbane, they are looking like the real deal once again.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 